step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Combat sports fans, it's time for Strong Style. Impact Media's weekly dive off the top rope into the world of mixed martial arts and professional wrestling. I am your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome to Strong Style. There's so much to get into that we are uh, just going to get started. Just after we tell you how you can be a part of this show. Yes, you can be a part of this show. You can email the show, 3endzone at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook, Strong Style, Impact Media, Jeremy York. Any of those should find us there. If you are a, the, if you are a person who likes to click a link and listen to a show, you can do so by going to our Twitter account at Team Impact Media. You can also... Follow me at the Impact Ninety Nine on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram for gosh, all kinds of things, uh, show-related things, non-show-related things. We have some things in the works that will be debuting on um, a lot of my channels very, very soon. Uh, once again, at the Impact Ninety Nine, which is also. If you see me out at an event, whether official event or not, or not, remember, come over, introduce yourself. I'd love to meet everybody. On top of, we take a photo. You put it on social media. You tag us in it, me or us in it. We will send you some swag. Or I'll bring it to you next time we're at an event. Whichever works for you. But we love meeting people. So make sure to do all of those things. And of course, you can also find us anywhere you find a podcast, including Podcast One, Spotify, and the iTunes Store. If there is a place you regularly find a podcast that you cannot find us, please let us know. And we will fix that just as soon as we can. As I said, there are so many things to talk about. As always, we are going to start in the world of mixed martial arts and we are going to start with UFC 287. Another star-studded event, as always. This one was at the uh, Casilla Center in Miami-Dade County, Florida. No Horatio, but plenty of, uh, of cool guys making speeches. And mostly it's because they won fights. Some girls in there, too. Uh, let's just start right off the bat. You guys know we talk about the main card. Well, the main card of UFC 287 was the incumbent champ of Alex Pereira against Israel Adesanya. Izzy versus Alex. Remember, they have faced three other times going into this one here. Alex Pereira was 3-0 and coming in. He had, beat, he had actually knocked Izzy out three times separate times, which is amazing. Two in kickboxing, one in MMA. Well, there's a reason why Izzy ran through the division and uh, sat atop the throne for a long time. And uh, all that experience came back to bite Pereira. It looked like a rope-a-dope. At one time, Pereira, Pereira catches Izzy, and he kind of stumbles back as though he hurt him. And as soon as Alex went to rush in, which is something 
uh, lack of experience can sometimes get the best of you there. He went to rush in, and Izzy had him eat what was it, the, the overhand left. He ate it, and that staggered him, and the next punch was the Stone Cold Smasher. As it laid Pereira out, Izzy is your new middleweight champ. He wins his belt back. He improves to 24-2-0. Alex Pereira is 7-2-0. This was a good fight all the way up until then. That was that was towards the end of round number two. I didn't think it was going to go five. Uh, I actually thought Pereira was going to find a way to uh, pull that one off as well. But uh, the, the more interesting thing towards the end, or at the end of the fight, was apparently at some point when Izzy had been knocked out by Pereira in the past, this was like seven years ago, I guess, in a kickboxing match, uh, Alex's seven-year-old son at the time, that would make him 14 now, had uh, went over to mock Izzy for being knocked out and uh, was like laying next to him playing dead, and well, kid, did you learned uh, a good life lesson that all that can come back to bite you because as your father was laying pretty still and very, very asleep on the canvas. Israel, Izzy, came over, looked you dead in the eye, and then fell over like uh, one of those goats when you scare it. Uh, welcome to life, kid. Sometimes it comes back to bite you. Now, they, they said they're on good terms and everything, and, and uh, everybody said there was no issues between Alex and Izzy. They're just big rivals. But great for Izzy, great win. He gets right back on top. Maybe this breathes a little more life into this division because Izzy ran through everybody up until Alex. Uh, a lot of people were immediately screaming for, we got to have the third fight between these two. Actually, I don't think so. I think you wait. I think you wait. A lot of people have said maybe Alex moves up from middleweight to uh, what light heavyweight moves up. I don't know. How about, uh, how about we let the man recover? And then we figure out what he's going to do. Uh, he seems to be one of those people who doesn't feel like, oh, i got to get that one back, or, oh, the right thing to do is this. Uh, they say that he is the kind of person that he, he climbs one mountain and then says, all right, where's the next mountain? So he's beat Izzy, and then he lost to Izzy, and he was the champ even, at only like, what, five or six fights into MMA. So maybe he moves around, maybe he does something else, maybe he goes back to kickboxing, who knows? But uh, great for Izzy. This is a great main event. Uh, most of the time, it seems like the main events are good, but they're not as great as other things on the card. I felt like Pereira Adesanya was, was one of the best fights on the card. Uh, not to be outdone, the co-main event, Gilbert Burns gets the unanimous decision win over Jorge Masvidal, who... According to some words, he did, he hasn't come out and said them exactly this way, but uh, it seems like Masvidal is going to call it a career. Uh, it didn't leave any gloves in the middle of the octagon. He just uh, said some things that kind of signify that maybe he could be hanging it up. He's, what, 38, 39. Um, had a hellacious career. That He had a calendar year that just completely uh, just propelled him up into just superstardom. Um, you know, between the Ben Asker knee and, and uh, the fight with uh, Nate Diaz and, and uh, a lot of those. He just, like I said, he had a 12-month span that was just rock star level. Uh, but that's enough about the guy who didn't win this fight. How about the guy who did? Gilbert Durino Burns. Everybody keeps doubting this guy. He's he's like the uh, Leon Edwards of the welterweights, where no matter what he does, he keeps winning, he keeps beating big names, and yet when it comes to talk about title time and who's the next, uh, you know, who's the next guy to to get a shot or things like that, uh, for some reason nobody says Gilbert Burns. Why not? He beat Jorge Masvidal. You could say, well, Masvidal hadn't done a lot here here lately and this and that. Uh, he's still Jorge Masvidal. You know, it's it's different if you said, like, uh, a GSP who hadn't fought in years. But if this is if this is uh, GSP at the end of his career and you got a win over him, hey, that's still GSP. 
This is Jorge Masvidal. Gilbert Burns is already a great accredited fighter. He beats a big-time name, a big-time draw. I think you got to line Gilbert up in, in the next fight or so for a potential title shot. Uh, great overall performance by him. It's not that Masvidal didn't do anything, but uh, Burns absolutely put on the show that he needed to uh, to uh, solidify where he's at in the card. Uh, before that one, Rob Font and Adrian Yanez lined it up. This was supposed to be the Adrian Yanez coming out party. Or Rob Font using his veteran experience to uh, show the, the young up-and-comers that uh, you're not taking his spot so easily. It ended up being the latter. As Rob Font gets the TKO victory over Adrian Yanez. It was uh, that just, you can't call it a hammer because that's a different kind of punch. It, it was just a smash that uh, took Adrian right out of the fight. Uh, once again, here it is. That every, I, heard this on, on, uh, I heard this from a couple of the other analysts and things too, but I was thinking the same thing. Is that I always go into these fights, and I'm probably going to do it later in a prediction, I always go into these fights thinking, oh, you know, well, Rob Font, the the veteran, you know, he's really good, and, you know, he's kind of like a gatekeeper. If uh, the young guy can get past him, oh, you got to consider him a big top contender. Uh, I'm going to go with the up-and-comer, man, because I, I really want to see, oh, that's fine. But every time I doubt the veteran, the veteran just smokes the, the young guy, and uh, that's, that's what happened here. This was uh, three minutes into round number one that Rob Font just, you know, he, now, in the first couple minutes, they both ate some shots from each other to where you thought Yanez had a little bit of an advantage, and then Rob Font took over. And when he took over, it was all over. Uh, great win by Rob Font. We move on to Kevin Holland versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. This one almost made it all three rounds. With just a couple minutes left, Kevin Holland finds that so he, had an, he had a smash of his own. And ends Ponzinibbio's night with the TKO. Yeah, this is another one. Everybody, uh, you know, it's fun to say Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, everybody just assumes, well, Kevin Holland's that great veteran guy and uh, gatekeeper. And all the you know, same things we said about Rob Font. And we're like, oh, we definitely want Santiago Ponzinibbio to win. I want none personal Kevin Holland, but it's more fun to say his name. And so a lot of us jumped on the Santiago Ponzinibbio train. Yes, I'm saying his name as many times as possible. And guess what? We're wrong. Kevin Holland, fantastic, fantastic finish. Uh, Ponzinibbio had a great performance uh, up until that moment. He's, I mean, honestly, outside of winning, that's about the best loss you can have, except for being knocked almost unconscious. Uh, just. Exceptional, exceptional performance by both. Great for Kevin Holland for getting the win. Uh, now, also, I think the la I think this was the opener on the main card as Raul Rosas Jr. took on Christian Rodriguez. Rosas Jr. is 18 years old. You guys know this. Rodriguez is like 24, 25. Normally, age may not mean that much, but we go back. This is the same thing I've been saying the last couple fights. Everybody sees the big, shiny new toy, and uh, and Rosas is a tremendous fighter. He's only 18 years old. He's This is his eighth fight. He does some just fantastic things. He was on the Dana White Contender Series or Challenge Series or what? I think he's the Contender Series, right? I, they all have their own series. It's confusing. But... Man, kid's really got something, man. He's really, oh, yeah, he's going to go against a guy similar similar skill set and everything in Rodriguez, and he should be able to pick up the victory there. And, yeah, somebody forgot to tell Christian Rodriguez he was supposed to lose because he gets a unanimous decision win. Uh, he very much won the fight. We'll put it that way. Uh, he very much won the fight. And, uh, you know, Rosas looked pretty good. But he also looked gassed as it looked like he was chasing the finish early on. And uh, you got to know how to expend that energy over potential three rounds. Now, if you get a chance here and there, but you can't chase, you can't chase a submission for 
a minute and a half to two minutes. Uh, you can't, you, unless you are a thousand percent sure you're going to get it. And that's hard to do because a hundred is the most percent you can actually put into something. Unless you're a hundred percent sure, you just, you can't go chasing a big finish like that because you expend all your energy and then you are just out on your feet for the rest of the fight. Uh, Rosas with this loss will learn a lot. He will uh, hopefully, it's, uh, what is it, like um, like baby snakes or scorpions. They haven't learned how to control the venom and the, and the power of their bites or punches, so to say, of their of their stings or bites. So every shot they just load up as much venom as possible and just bang. And sometimes they use it all up and you might get caught. And that's that's just kind of what happened here. Uh, like I said... Raul Rosas Jr. is going to rebound, but great for Christian Rodriguez for not buying into the hype and saying, you know what? I don't care about the hype. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to win a fight and I'm going to improve to 9-1. and one. So good for Christian Rodriguez. A um, couple notable things here and there. Kelvin Gastelum with the unanimous decision over Chris Curtis. Gastelum, man. Whew. That was That was fun. That was a fun fight to watch. And he's another one we keep talking about everybody around him. And we keep forgetting about Kelvin Gastelum. Dude can fight. Dude can fight. Chris Curtis can too, but Gastelum, he won that fight. He he gets a unanimous decision win. Um, Luana Pinero gets you split decision win over Michelle Waterson Gomez. Uh, Waterson Gomez was not too excited to hear these scores at the end. I mean, she lost. We get it. But uh, I thought Luana definitely, I think it's the right choice there. I think she definitely won it. Uh, nothing personal, Michelle. But if uh, you don't, you know, if you, if you, uh, don't like what the judges think, then keep it out of their hands. That's the easiest way to say that. Uh, Joe Pfeiffer with the TKO of Gerald Mearshart. He gave Gerald such a shot that Gerald just basically covered up, and the look in his eye was that he no longer wanted to be in that fight. He did not want to take another shot from Joe Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer said, hey, keep, keep putting him in front of me. I'll keep knocking him down. Keep giving me the bigger opponents. And uh, I think you should do that. Step him up a little bit. Put another one in front of him. He might be the next big prospect. But uh, Amir Shark, he's still got many, many more years in front of him. He just got caught in this one and uh, uh, he was lucky that he didn't get knocked completely out because it was a heck of a shot that initially took him down and uh, then Pfeiffer just, just stayed on top of him. Uh, Lupi Godinez with the split decision win over Cynthia Calvalo, uh, Calvillo who unfortunately got let go from the UFC now she's been bounced around to different camps and that kind of stuff happens but um, she needs to settle in uh, whether she goes to the uh, maybe the PFL might be an option for her I don't know with uh, being a straw weight I don't know what what all they're wanting to get into next year um, you've got Invicta you've got other big places that you could potentially go and kind of kind of regroup find find the training that works for you and uh, I mean she's only nine six and one that's not that's not terrible at all but uh, Cynthia needs to regroup uh, loopy had a, uh, a great couple rounds in this one and takes the split decision uh, in that one and Sam Hughes with the unanimous decision over Jacqueline Amorium uh, good performance by Sam. By Sam, Sam Hughes improves to eight five and zero. She's one you're gonna have to watch too. Now this leads us to this week. This week the UFC Fight Night is Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen. It looks like it is the main card is all on ESPN. And the rest of the car, or the prelims are all on ESPN+. Plus. I think you can watch the whole thing on ESPN+, Plus if you want to do so. Uh, it is this Saturday. Do we know start times yet? 
We do. Prelims will start at 5.30 p.m. on ESPN Plus, and then the main card on ESPN and ESPN Plus at 8.30. This is from the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City, Missouri, and we're right back in the same debate. What debate is that? Well, you've got the veteran, the very highly skilled veteran in Max Holloway against the kind of up-and-coming prospect, even though he's had 20 fights, in Arnold Allen. He's the fresh face. Everybody's like, oh, he's the next guy up. Well, somebody forgot to tell Max Holloway that he's supposed to step aside. And uh, I don't know that necessarily... I mean, I'm not saying he should step aside. I'm just saying that for Arnold Allen to move up, he's going to have to beat Max Holloway. He's going to have to beat those kinds of people in the world. I think Allen definitely has the skill set to do so. But Max ain't just going to back down. Max has had 30 fights on uh, on his own. And it's a slight favorite at minus 190, plus 160 for Arnold Allen. I'll be honest. I would really like Arnold Allen to win this. Really would. But my actual pick is going to be Max Holloway because you do, I, I just, you know, I keep getting burned by these veterans. I think Max is going to find a way to win this fight, and he's going to just, you know, Arnold Allen's going to have to go a different path. He, he's not going to be able to go through uh, Max Holloway. I think uh, I think Max is going to win. I don't know that it goes five rounds. It could. If it is, it'll be a monster, monster slugfest. Um, if it doesn't, then um, it, it may go three rounds. But I'm taking Max Holloway. I just, I'm, I'm going with the veteran. Uh, co-made event. Just kind of ran out of things to say there. <laughs> Pretty much said it, hopefully. Um, the co-made event, Edson Barbosa versus Billy Quarantilo. Otherwise known as Billy Q. Edson Barbosa, here we go again. We've got the big veteran. Billy Q is, uh, he's, he's had 21 fights. Let's put it this way. Edson Barbosa has one more career win, professional win than Billy Q has total fights. Total fights for Billy Q is 21. Total wins for Edson Barbosa on the pro ranks is 22. That's crazy. He's 22-11-0 against 17-4-0. Um, I'm going to do the opposite from what I did last time. I think Billy Q has the edge in this featherweight bout. He is the slight favorite at minus 180 to plus 155 for Edson Barbosa. I very much expect Edson Barbosa to win this fight. Make me look crazy as usual. But I'm going to take Billy Q. I think he is going to find a way to... Um, uh, he's going to find a way to probably get a decision win over Barbosa, and that should be a fantastic fight in the featherweight division. Also on the main card, we're going to get Dustin Jacoby, a minus 150 favorite, against Azamat Merkot, or Merzikhanov. I was trying to flip letters around. That's not how it worked. Azamat Merzikhanov, who is a plus 125 these two light heavyweights, you think they're going to want to keep it on the feet for a while, but Azamat is probably going to want to take this to the ground if he can. And I actually think Mirzakhanov has the slight advantage, so give me the dog in that one. Not because he's undefeated, I just, I just have a feeling Azamat is going to find a way to end this fight earlier than the, uh, than the time allows. Tanner Bozer versus Eon Kudalaba. Talk about two fun names to say. Two more light heavyweights. The light heavyweights are being featured in this card, if you guys did not know. And uh, the featherweights as well. It's also a way to kind of back up main events. Is to have extra fighters on the card like that. Uh, but this should be pretty good. These two are going to want to stand and uh, just trade blows back and forth and just kind of keep smashing into each other and see who comes out the other side. Uh, man, Kudalaba is the minus 130 favorite, plus 115 for Tanner Bozer. 
I want to say Kudala, but like a lot of you guys probably will. Uh, give me Tanner Boza. Bozer. I just just have a feeling on this one. I uh, just going on gut instinct. I think Tanner Bozer is uh, going to throw the the slightly larger bombs that do a little bit more. Just do a little bit more damage to Kudalaba. Uh Two more fights on the main card. As Pedro Munoz is going to take on Chris Gutierrez in the Bantamweight division. Gutierrez a minus 200 favorite. A plus 170 for Pedro Munoz. I will, Munoz, I will take Pedro Munoz. Don't really know why. Random, random pick. Uh, I'm just gonna. I don't. I'm. I don't know a lot about either fighter. I will be honest. I do not know a lot about them. They have both fought quite a bit. Uh, more than 20 fights apiece. Um, I'm just gonna take Pedro Munoz. I think he's gonna win the decision. And then the last one. This gonna open up the last fight that is actually gonna open up the main card. Uh, Captain Caveman, as I call him, the Ageless Wonder, Clay Guida. This will be fight number 58. Does that sound right? 58? Yeah, fight number 58 for him. He is a plus 220 dog against Hoffa Garcia, a minus 270 lightweight favorite in this one. Give me Captain Caveman. The only thing that is lacking in Clay Guida's name, or in his game, as of late, is the follicles on his hair. And apparently he's got some sort of procedure, so that's starting to uh, work out a little better for him. Clay Guida, man, he, you watch, he's still his punches still sting, they still hurt. He still has a game plan, he's not going into it blind, he's not getting, he's not out of shape. I just, it's its an ageless wonder thing, and he is doing such an incredible job of uh, maintaining everything. I mean, he might fight a couple more years, for all we know, uh, and probably break every UFC record there was. As far as, you know, largest number of fights, oldest person to win, things like that. But uh, it's not that Hoffa Garcia is a, a bad fighter. I mean, he's a big favorite in this. Just give me Captain Caveman. Captain Caveman is gonna is gonna win this fight, and and the rest of the card. I mean, Bill Algio versus T.J. Brown is gonna be really good. Julian Robertson against uh, Pierre Rodriguez. That's gonna be really good. Uh, there was another one. There it is, Bruno Brazil against uh, Denise Gomez. That or Gomes, I think it's Gomez. That's going to be just spectacular. But uh, UFC continuing to bring it. And uh, as we round out the first half of the show, let's jump into the PFL. Last weekend they featured their heavyweights and women's featherweights, as uh, that was week number two, PFL two, out in Vegas. They will be in Atlanta coming up very very soon in June. Uh, no exact confirmation yet, but uh, hoping to be down there for all three events again like we were last year uh, because we've got some other things in the works for those fight nights I think you guys are going to join. be really, really fun. Let's talk PFL 2. Of course, the main event was Larissa Pacheco, the reigning, defending, undisputed women's featherweight champ from last season, took on... Uh, the, well, you kind of have to call her a veteran of the sport as well, as uh, she took on Julia Budd, and this thing ends up going to decision, Budd didn't necessarily like the decision, probably because she lost, and it, it, uh, it was a close fight, Larissa Pacheco definitely did enough to win, she controlled more of the action, she had more top position, more controlling, she was doing more damage, um, Good fight, though. Good fight. It was it was a solid main event. Uh, in the men's heavyweight and in the co-main event, Bruno Capaloza took on Mateus Scheifel. This was the third or fourth time in the PFL that these guys have uh, thrown down. And this time, 
Bruno was able to get back in the win column as I think Mateus has won the last two. He may have just won the last one, but it was in the playoffs, I believe. Uh, man, these two cinder block hands, just as I said. It comes down to the TKO victory from Capaloza. Uh, Mateus Scheifel, he'll rebound, but the way the point system goes, let's see, because that was in round number one, so Bruno gets six points in that one. Oof. That, uh, that's, that's a big one. In one that I called, I think, I need to go back and listen to the tape, but the one that I, I was definitely, you know, I try to keep rooting interest out of it, but uh, I, I just had a feeling about this fight. I've seen a lot of off-season training from both. And Aspen Ladd took on Alina Kolesnik. This came down to a majority decision where Alina Kolesnik gets two giant points for winning the decision there. She wouldn't normally get three, but she missed weight. And in the process of missing weight, uh, she gets docked a point for winning there. She could have actually had negative one, so I guess plus two is, is even better. Uh, but congratulations to Elena Kolesnik. She looked really good. This was one of the best overall solid fights and performances that I have seen from her. Uh, I saw her fight a couple times last year. I have went back and watched other fights. And uh, all that off-season work is really paying off for her. She had a very, very solid performance. She will definitely need probably a stoppage in her second fight to uh, make sure that she makes the playoffs. I don't know that five is going to get you in. Normally a minimum of six because a lot of people will get you know, two decisions and be right there. But uh, Elena definitely has worked on some stuff and uh, I think she is more focused. And Aspen Ladd is going to rebound and uh, you know she may have to, she's going to have to chase the finish in her next fight to have a chance in this one. So we'll see how that lines up. Uh, also on the main card was uh, Renan Ferreira against Rizvan uh, Kuniev. Kuniev gets a unanimous decision win there. Him and Renan traded some uh, big shots and big moments in the end. Rizvan. Uh, gets unanimous decision win. Good fight. Good fight. This was one of my favorite ones to watch, honestly. Uh, outside of uh, Kolesnik, Lad, who, who were trading quite a bit. Uh, Kuniev Ferreira was uh, a really fun fight. And if you get a chance, go back and watch that one. Definitely do. And then last on the main card, Marcelo Nunez against Maurice Green. Maurice Green gets the TKO victory. He just... Uh, Nunez was doing a lot, and then it's like Maurice just just got tired of playing with his food, and uh, just decided that he was just going to take Marcelo out, and he did. Uh, Marcelo is a really great fighter. It's not as big of a skill gap as as uh, you know that would suggest, but uh, just Maurice just decided, you know what? I'm getting out of this one now. I'm getting my five points and getting out of here. Because a round two stoppage, I believe, nets you five points. Um, Amber Liebrock with a big TKO victory in the women's featherweight over Martina Yendrova. Yendrova. She was one. I don't know if she made the playoffs last year, but she had a big win in Atlanta. She's a really, really solid fighter. Really, really good. But uh, Amber Liebrock did not care. She uh, dropped her and uh, ended that fight in the first round for six big points. And uh, another big TKO victory for Marina uh, Maknadkina. Or Maknadkina. Maknadkina. But Marina... Uh, we got to talk to her last year. She's really, really fun to talk to. She beat Yoko Higashi, like I said, uh, in the second round. That's five big points. 
she is one that you need to watch because if she makes the playoffs, she could really do some damage and uh, and potentially find herself in the final. But that was you. That was a. Uh, that was PFL 2. PFL 3, of course, is coming up this weekend, the third time that they will be in Las Vegas before taking about a month break and being right here in Atlanta. Uh, this one is the welterweights and lightweights, and the main event is Sadabu Sai against who is the reigning, defending, undisputed welterweight champ against Jara Al Salari. Al-Salawi is uh, no slouch, and he's going to give Sadabu a big run, but I feel like Sadabu likes to use his size and his range, and uh, I will actually take uh, Sadabu to get that victory there. Uh, I mean, he had some he had some really, really good moments last year that put him into the playoffs, and then he had two great performances and one. That's what you need to do. In the co-main event, Magomed Magomed Karamov is going to take on Ben Eagley as uh, the welterweights are going to throw down there. Uh, Magomed Magomed Karamov, I think he was he was one of the ones last year that I think had visa problems towards the end, and so he had to pull out of his last fights or so because I think he was he was potentially headed to the playoffs. I think maybe I'm getting uh, uh, Umlatov. Mixed up with that, because there's a Magomed Umatov that, uh, is he fighting on this card? He is. We will, he is, oh, he is opening the card? Wow. Delano Taylor and Magomed, uh, Umlatov are opening. This whole thing is going to be on ESPN and ESPN Plus, but that, wow. That is, this is, it's just that loaded. Just that loaded. That is crazy. But uh, I'm going to take Magomed, Magomed Karamov in that one. I think he he's going to control more of the fight. And uh, I think he's going to do uh, he's going to do more damage than Ben Eagley. Roush Monfio is going to take on Alexander Martinez. Now Martinez had some big performances and really surprised some people last year. And uh, he was he was also fun to talk to. Uh, these two lightweights they're they're gonna wanna they're gonna wanna dance around a little bit to feel each other out. And as soon as they do that, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be in there just uh, just laying it down. And when I say laying it down, they are gonna be trading uh, strikes, and it's and and uh, they'll both kind of be chasing a finish. We'll see. We'll see who ends up uh, in the better position with that, because I think they both have the opportunity to end this fight early, uh, mainly submission-wise, I believe. But we will see how that one plays out. I will take Alexander Martinez in that one. Um, yeah, these are all these are all seeing ESPN Plus. So I'm actually going to say that this. I guess I'm just going to go through the whole card because I think these. This is actually the undercard that I'm reading here. Uh, ESPN has this in such a weird way. Uh, Shane Mitchell is going to take on Naib Lopez. I will take Shane Mitchell in that one. Don't know a lot about him. I've seen Mitchell fight a little bit. And I know Naib Lopez is undefeated. But I think Shane's going to hand him his first loss. Bruno Miranda is going to take on Ahmed Amir. Give me Ahmed Amir in that particular one. I think these two are very equal in skills. I think it will come down to a submission or submission attempt. We'll decide this one. Uh, but I will take um, uh, Ahmed Amir. We got two more on the undercard. Zach Jusola against Brandon Jenkins in the lightweight division. I will take Brandon Jenkins to get the decision win in that one. And uh, Nathan Schulte is taking on uh, Stevie Ray, Stevie Ray, who is the reigning, defending, undisputed lightweight champ, and I guess he's headlining the undercard. That's, that's, and also thoughts, prayers, shout out to Stevie Ray 
and I believe it's his daughter that is uh, going through some uh, some pretty serious medical things right now. I believe you can go to Stephen Ray MMA on Instagram. He's got a link there to the GoFundMe that explains it all. But uh, thoughts and prayers out to Stevie Ray and uh, his daughter and the whole family and everybody involved. And I definitely pick Stevie Ray to win that fight. Okay, now maybe this is the maybe this is the uh, main card. Now it's, they've got this listed so weird. Uh, Olivier Albin Mercier, who is the reigning, defending, undisputed lightweight champion of the world. Is he? Did he beat Stevie? Yeah, maybe he beat Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray got got second place. I think. Yeah. Sounds right. Uh, he is going to take on Shane Burgos. You guys know who Shane Burgos is recently from the UFC. Uh, Shane's going to give him a big run for the points. This one could come down to a decision. I like OAM to pull out the victory, even though if Shane wanted to make a big impact, dropping Olivier would be one way to do so. But I will take OAM in that one. Yamada Nishikawa is taking on Clay Collard. Clay Collard missed the playoffs last year, and he is going to be looking to rebound from that. He's going to be looking to really put on a show, and it might come at the expense of Yamato. I'll take Clay Collard. He's got a tremendous chip on his shoulder from, uh, I think... Was it Jeremy Stevens that took, I think, that took him out of playoff contention last year? And he was not excited by that. And uh, as somebody who was a fan of the PFL before I got the chance to cover them, Clay Collard was a guy that if he fought, you wanted to watch. You knew he was a top guy, was always in contention, and then last year was taken out. And that was crazy. Uh, but I'm going to take Collard to rebound in that one. We're going to get Dennis Goltsov against Cesar Ferreira. I like Goltsov. Saw him fight up close. He is uh, he is quite the striker, and he's he's got some some uh, grappling too that I think is going to give Caesar some fits. Caesar's a good fighter. I just feel like Goltsov is still using some momentum even from last year. Carlos Leal is taking on David Zawada. I'm going to say Carlos Leal is probably going to win that one. He's going to. I feel like it, I feel like it would be a submission in that one as well, and then finally the one I talked about, Magomed uh, Umlatov against uh, Delano Taylor. Delano Taylor, who made it what all the way to the finals last year, yeah, uh, against Magomed Umlatov. That I think if he would have been uh, allowed legally back in the country, and no, it was not because of sanctions. This was just uh, visa issues that he had as well, I believe. Or maybe he was the one that got injured. One of them had got injured. But either way, uh, he's going to be looking to make a big statement now and uh, avoid those pitfalls uh, in the near future. But that is all of the fighting news that we have for now. We're going to take a short break, tell you about our friends at betonline.net. And when we come back, we are going to talk some professional wrestling right here on Strong Style. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact York from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Strong Style. Make sure to visit our friends at BetOnline.net. They've got the betting and wagering lines. They have the podcast. They have the articles. Everything to make you a better, more educated fan. Whether you wager on games or not. Whether you're legally allowed to or not. It's totally cool to just go there. 
and uh, let them know Impact Media sent you. They love to hear that, and we love to hear from them that you told them that. First part of the show that ran really long, we talked a lot of PFL and UFC as they are just smashing it. I'm trying to change my vocabulary up, not use the same thing. They they are uh, doing incredibly well and riding high right now. Bellator is as well, but their next event is not till next Friday, I believe, a week from tomorrow. Uh, all three of them, man. MMA is running so hot right now. Uh, but if you missed any of that discussion, you can go back and check it out in the first part of the show. Before we get into the world of professional wrestling, uh, I do know that Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz in a eight-round boxing match is set for Dallas, Texas on Saturday, August the 5th. That will be on DAZN pay-per-view, among a lot of other places. Um, eight rounds at 185 pounds. It is a pro boxing bout. And according to Ariel Hawani, who I trust with information, and you guys should too, he says it's a done deal. So, that's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for that one. We'll have more as it gets closer to it, obviously. Uh, so let's jump into the world of professional wrestling. Let's start with the WWE and Monday Night Raw. As uh, the main thing that happened on Raw as far as the uh, the big guys were concerned was that uh, Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa were going to take on Cody and Brock Lesnar in a tag match at the end of Raw that was set up by the beginning of Raw. And instead, Lesnar completely ran through Cody. Now, we know as far as as title shots go, Lesnar cannot get another one as long as Roman is champ. But uh, he decided to run through Cody instead, which is fine, because I don't want to see Roman, Roman Cody 2 for a little bit. Uh, Lesnar Cody would be great, because if Cody pulls off the victory there, that will propel him into a bigger status, and uh, I think that is something that they are ultimately moving towards. Then that brings up the thing of uh, who is Roman's next competitor. Well, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn become immediate interests, although I think they'll they'll trot somebody else out there first. Uh, Bobby Lashley would be a good one, actually. But uh, I think when it comes down to somebody who can actually beat Roman and somebody who makes the most sense of being the one to do it. I don't think it's Cody. Um, I don't think it's... Uh, it's definitely not Brock. It's I don't think it's Bobby. Bobby Lashley would be a good one. Um, I actually think either Seth Rollins or... You know, because they used to be in, in the Shield together. That would make a lot of sense if Seth is the one to take down Roman. Or Sami Zayn. I think it goes Seth... Sammy and then KO, and that's that's probably the best. That's probably the best things that that uh, they're going to try to put together. Uh, Bad Bunny is is apparently hosting Backlash that I believe is in Puerto Rico, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Bad Bunny, we were just talking about him earlier, me and uh, some some friends of mine, and uh, I started just by talking about Bad Bunny songs that I was listening to on the radio, and it turned into a wrestling discussion. So. Uh, hopefully we get to see Bad Bunny wrestle again. He is is actually a pretty good competitor. It's it's really outstanding what he does, and he's uh, it seemed like a really good guy. Um, what else happened on Raw? Was there anything? Um, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez did win a match against Dakota and Io. They gave them. A title shot for the tag titles that they will have on Monday, or that they had this past Monday. For those of you who are new to the show, I do not watch any of the professional wrestling before I talk about it on the show, so I have seen zero of it this week. We will be changing that as soon as I am done with the show today. But I uh, wish Raquel and Liv the best in taking on Lita and. Becky Lynch, and yeah, it's, I don't know, it's nice to see Trish and Lita back, but to, to give them titles, or to have, I don't know, I just, I felt like it just wasted time, you could have had Becky ha 
team with a lot of other people if you just wanted to give her a belt. Uh, let's move to SmackDown. We got to see the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. The Brutes end up with the win there. It's an interesting... It's nice to get the Brutes a, a win here and there because we've seen Walter take out Drew McIntyre. We've seen him take out Sheamus. And he took out Sheamus and Drew in the same thing. And uh, not Walter. Um, that's what he used to be. Now he's Gunther. And they eventually want to fast-track him to the top of the card. Uh, but I, I love these trios matches that they're doing. Now, thank goodness they're not doing a trios title because it, it wouldn't work in WWE. They're just they're not wired that way. But uh, anything the Brutes and Imperium do, you should be watching. These are six individuals who understand how to perform. Um... Pretty decent match between Rey Mysterio and Escobar versus Dominic and and Damian Priest. Uh, Priest ended up with a win over Escobar there, which is a crying shame because Escobar is a world-renowned top-tier talent, and he jobs out on SmackDown as the leader of a group. And uh, that bugs me. And then, with the help of Solo Sokoa, Jay Uso was able to defeat Sami Zayn. And we got to see the return of Matt Riddle. What does that mean? Beats me. Don't know. Just wanted to let everybody know that Matt Riddle's back. Let's go to NXT. Where basically Zoe Stark threw her weight around, came out and got a title shot against Indy Hartwell. Who is the new? I mean, was just crowned champion over the weekend. Thank goodness for everybody that Indy Hartwell won the match, and then she got called out by Tiffany Stratton, and then she got attacked by Cora Jade, and then Stratton and Cora Jade uh, yelled at each other a few times before both going to the back. But uh, India's champ, I definitely like. Uh, glad Stark is out of the way. That's a good solid victory for her, by the way. But uh, Stratton and Cora Jade make a lot of sense for to be the next contenders. I actually think Stratton has a a really good shot of being the next or one of the next women's world champions in NXT. Uh, but I want Indy to have a little bit of a run first because she deserves it. She's been a workhorse. She's done a lot down there, and you know, like I said, she deserves it. So good for her. Um. None of that means much. All three members of Gallus are now reunited, by the way. So they're not just tag champs. I look for uh, the actual leader to start doing some solo things here soon. Maybe he challenges Carmelo for the belt. I don't think he'd win it right now, though. But uh, having Gallus completely at full capacity and is now in NXT. Um... Wesley versus Axiom was as good as advertised, if not better. Wesley retains, of course. But uh, him and Axiom, they they have a chemistry that is almost unmatched to anybody else. And uh, it was an incredible match. And then Carmelo and Trick were celebrating Carmelo's victory. Braun Breaker comes out, or gets called out there, and uh, basically turns heel in front of everybody. I mean, they were either going to turn him heel or move him up, so I guess they're going to turn him heel. Uh, last time I checked, there's water at the bottom of the ocean. You guys all kind of saw that coming, too. You guys are smart, just like me. In fact, you guys are probably smarter than me. Uh, let's go to AEW. AEW Dynamite started out with Juice Robinson trying to attack Ricky Starks, and then Juice's buddy Jay White has shown up. He is officially... With AEW as well, they are starting a mini Bullet Club, whether they wear the stuff or not. Um, Jay White and Juice Robinson are going to be some tears in AEW. They are a, a duo to watch. I don't know if they're a team, but uh, it, it's going to benefit Ricky Starks a lot to be facing them. But having the Switchblade and Juice together, my goodness, they are going to be fun to follow. Um, House of Black were able to defeat Orange and the Best Friends. 
Really good match. Once again, these are six guys who just get it. We know House of Black was not going to lose the titles to Orange and Best Friends, but there was still multiple times where you were questioning that, and that means they're doing a really good job. Um, Jamie Hayter got a great win over Rio, former champ. Um, Sammy Guevara took on Commander, and Commander had a fantastic, fantastic uh, showing the last couple of weeks. That's how he got the match with Guevara. Sammy Guevara is a guy to keep your eye on. You know, I say Jack Perry, I say Guevara, MJF, and Darby. Those are the cornerstones, which they are. But uh, Guevara is on a little bit of a run, and I know that behind the scenes, the all-access, AEW all-access or whatever, uh, that show has is, is flipped me on uh, now I, I kind of I kind of cheer for Sammy a little bit now that I know where he's coming from on some stuff. But, uh, you know, big win for him over Commander, and Commander is the one who runs the ropes and does a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, really good match, though. Uh, Hook beat Ethan Page with the help of... Matt Hardy, he didn't need it, but uh, good win for Hook. Him versus Ethan is, is an interesting matchup. And uh, it was announced that on August 27th, AEW will be making their England debut at Wembley Stadium for All In. That's going to be a fantastic event. And it's going to be good to see AEW across the pond. Uh, FTR took on the Guns for the tag team titles, where if the Guns won, FTR would basically be gone from AEW. Well, they're not going anywhere. We know they signed a multi-year extension. On top of, it was just time to get the titles off the Guns, who had a good run. They had a good, solid run. The Guns, good run. But FTR are your new champs. And those titles look good on them. We know that. Let's go to AEW Rampage. Where we had a rematch of Hook versus Ethan Page. And, well, Hook won that one too. Uh, he's still undefeated. Still the FTW champion. And uh, Ethan Page still come out looking like a million bucks. Because he is a master mechanic. I give QT Marshall credit. QTV is not the most original idea to do the Harvey stuff from uh, the the tabloids I can't think of at the moment, but uh, it's it's interesting, it's different, and he's he's changed up his faction a little bit. They they could do some good stuff. QT Marshall's a great talent, and uh, he's got some great talents around him, but we will see. Uh, one ends up happening with some of that. The uh, the team of Daddy Magic, Cool Hand, and the Acclaimed, um, they, they beat four jobbers, but good for the jobbers. There were the Infantry, LSG, who is not really a jobber. He's a Ring of Honor veteran. And uh, Bobby Orlando. But uh, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand kind of befriending the Acclaimed or trying to and trying to recruit them. It's... Oh, it's kind of weird. Um, Lee Moriarty took on Darby. Darby was able to get the win in that one and even take out Big Bill in the process. And then Swerve Strickland and the Embassy beat the holy hell out of Darby Allen, Which pretty much tells you that he's going to be out of contention for the other stuff because he's going to have to face them all the time. Um... Julia Hart got a great win over Anna Jay. This was actually a really, really good match, and it was the main event for AEW, by the way. Uh, Julia did use the miss to do so, but that in her arsenal brings her game up a whole nother level. It's not a cheap way out like it is for most people. That mist has become a part of her, and that's I like it. I like it a lot. Anna Jay had a really, really solid match as well. I wanted to make sure about that one. That led us to Battle of the Belts 6 as um, Julia had a staring contest with Orange Cassidy, who had the best friends come out with him, but he defended his belt against Drillistico. Uh 
who also had LFI out there with him, um, which is uh, which is uh, Roosh and uh, Preston Vance, uh, which they're, they're a ridiculous trio. Uh, but Orange retains, the House of Black come out and uh, make their presence known as well. The trios area of everything is going to really pick up very, very soon. It looks like Lethal and crew are trying to recruit Mark Briscoe. Don't quite know for what, but hey, somebody I follow on Instagram who is a good, solid, up-and-coming wrestling talent was featured, unfortunately, in a match against Jade Cargill, but hey, Billy Starks... Had some great, great moments against uh, Jade Cargill, even though she came up a little short. Great on Billy. Uh, go follow Billy Starks, by the way. That is uh, Starks with a Z. And uh, she's a great Instagram follower, and she, she she's a real young talent. She's gonna get a lot of she's gonna get a lot of uh, opportunities here soon, and uh, she actually did some really, really good things in the match with Jade, but uh, definitely go check that. Of course, Taya come down to ruin Jade's parade, which is nothing new about that. It was funny, though. Uh, the Lucha Brothers had the Ring of Honor Tag Championships. They defended against QT and Hobbs. Um, AEW's got some big stuff coming. Definitely do. We'll be talking about in the next couple weeks. Let's go to Impact Wrestling. T TMDK is a faction from New Japan that apparently is going to start showing up and doing some some uh, fun things in Impact Wrestling, among other places. Uh, their their main tag team took on the Motor City Machine Guns. Even though the Machine Guns won, TMDK looked pretty good uh, during the match. Look forward to seeing them and Aussie Open and some other ones that. Uh, not everybody is, is familiar with, but you'll be familiar very, very soon. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey took on Jonathan Gresham for the 14th time, but just like the other 13, this could have been a main event. It was really, really good. The only difference in this one was that it was a no contest because Trey Miguel did a double drop kick and attacked them both. I guess at some point... Uh, he's going to defend his X Division title against two actual competitors uh, instead of the people they normally trot against him. We got to see Jody Threat, who is another debuting knockout they have in the division over there. Uh, she took on somebody named Tara Rising. She's got to work on her name. Other than that, it was a pretty solid match. Jody Threat did some pretty good stuff. Um, she's going to be pretty good in the division. I want to see where she fits into the landscape. Uh, Dreamer had uh, Yamura and Darren McCarty, former NHL great, as they teamed against Bully Ray in the good hands. Uh, Darren McCarty got the win and then got smashed by Kenny King. And then Kaz come out there, Killer Kelly come out, Masha come out there. There's going to be some big intergender multi-person match thing coming up at whatever big event they have and it's going to pretty much include all those people and I, I never understand why Impact Wrestling continues to do that or why Darren McCarty is now on their roster. He's got to be in his late 40s to early 50s and played like 20 years in the NHL. But once again, Impact Wrestling special there. Um, Eddie defeated PCO with the help of Alicia Edwards, of course. Maybe these two are finally done fighting. It seems like it's a six-month thing, and uh, they, they need to move on. They just need to move on. Eddie's, Eddie's finally won against PCO, even though he got chased afterwards. But other than that, the show ended where Josh Alexander vacated his belt because of the injury he has. Looks like it's going to be Macklin and Kushida to face off for that title. I don't know why Steve Macklin is not the, the champion there, but more than likely give it Kushida because it just seems like the most opposite thing to do. That leaves us to 
New Japan Pro Wrestling, they had a couple good matches this week as uh, Okada, Goto, and Yoshihashi took on Aussie Open, which is Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher, and Jeff Cobb. They are all part of a faction over there with Will Ospreay. And uh, actually, Aussie Open end up with the victory in this one. Maybe this will get them a title shot against Goto and Hashi sometime soon. Uh, but New Japan continues. Every every week they have an hour of just solid, of that hour, like 45 minutes of it, is just solid, great wrestling. And this was unlike any other. Not to be outdone, Leo Rush took on Hiromu Takahashi as he defended his junior heavyweight belt. Uh, really good match. I've never been a big Leo Rush fan, but I'm a giant Hiromu fan. Hiromu ends up with the win in this one, but Leo Rush, I think, really turned people on his popularity, and, and for the better. He had he had a more than solid performance and, and showed everybody that he's a threat if he's ever in the ring like that. Now, Robbie Eagles come out from TMDK, that we just mentioned before. And it seems like he wants to face Takahashi now for the belt. Should be a lot of fun. Those two have a little bit of a history. But other than that, they are two of the most highly talented junior heavyweights in New Japan. So at some point, they were going to collide. Your WOW superstars this week. Let's see... Reina Del Rey had a, had a pretty good showing, but I think in the end it, it come down to uh, Coach Campanelli and, and Randy Rara, who may not have the world's best names, but they definitely are some of the best talents on their roster, and I, I kind of anticipate the two of them moving on probably after this WOW season to, to I mean, maybe NXT, maybe... Maybe they could even move to uh, Impact Wrestling. I think they could do a lot of good stuff there. And I think that pretty much wraps up all the action from this week. So shout out to all you amazing people that allow me to come on each and every week and talk MMA and pro wrestling. Remember, PFL and UFC have big events this weekend. PFL is tomorrow night on ESPN, I believe starting at 7 and what was it 8:30 is when on ESPN Saturday night is when the UFC will kick off fight night there until then it's been another great edition of Strong Style I'm your host Jeremy the Impact York we will see you guys next week go watch wrestling go watch fighting deuces gooses Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.